For me, the biggest thing, and this is really what I focus on with my clients, is that they feel like they don't have enough time. Mm. And I think that this is something that we all struggle with across the board, but there's definitely different levels of where we would put ourselves on that scale. And I think that it's one of the biggest indicators when you feel like you wish you had more hours in the day because you're always running behind. You're never finishing your to-do list. You feel like trying to like run through honey because you just can't keep up with everything that's going on. And I really think that that's an indication of where my work and my passion really comes into decluttering, where we can really use decluttering as a tool to decrease that stress by looking at the way that we're structuring our schedule. And so that kind of moves away from just the physical stuff and the physical side of things and into how we're structuring our lives. And I think that that's the key connecting factor to stress and mental well-being. Welcome to the Well Balanced Podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Botel. I'm passionate about having meaningful and inspiring conversations about learning to respect, accept, and love ourselves. Helping women find their worth and step away from the cycle of dieting and into a radical inside-out approach to health. If this sounds like something you are interested in, then you are in the right place, my friend. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, I'm so happy to have you listening in. If this is your first time listening to the Well Balanced Podcast, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. If you're returning, thank you so much. I genuinely appreciate everyone who tunes in to listen. Holy, it has been a second. I am so excited to release this episode for you guys. As you might have noticed, I took a little break from recording new episodes because I had started my group coaching program, The Well-Balanced Self. So I have just been really intentional about making sure that the women in that group have support. We are coming up to halfway through the program and it has been amazing so far. The transformations that are already starting to take place within these women is such a beautiful thing to witness. I couldn't be more proud of these women. So let's get to this episode though, I'm so excited. So for this episode, I'm chatting with Olivia, who is a declutter coach. Her passion goes deeper than just decluttering and it's all about intentional living, where decluttering is used as a tool to go deeper. What I really love about Olivia's approach is she breaks it down to be all so simple. She even chatted about how complicated and complex systems can just add to the overwhelm and she is all about helping you learn how to simplify so that it can be maintainable. We chatted about so much in this episode. Let me just give you a quick breakdown of all of the things that you can expect. So we got into how our physical environment can be a mirror to what our internal environment is like and how we can reconnect to stability and managing our stresses better. What we can do when we feel like We just need more time. I mean, that is by far the biggest factor for me. And I would love to hear if you feel the same way. Reach out, drop me a comment on Instagram. We also get into how important intentions are and how we can get clear on them using the ABC method. I also asked her, you know, if it feels so good afterwards, why do we repeat this cycle and find ourselves back in the same cluttered mess a few months later? And she goes into that. Olivia breaks down how to start, how to go from overwhelm to looking at our clutter pain points and working through them with a completely different mindset that will move you away from dreading the process to finding peace within it. 
And we also go into what mental and emotional clutter looks like, how that can still be a thing even after your physical clutter is gone, and what you can do to clear out that clutter so that you can live with so much more peace. This is such a great episode and you can definitely feel Olivia's passion and drive for helping women to simplify and live with more intention. I cannot wait for you to give it a listen to. I will have all of the ways that you can connect with Olivia and I highly recommend that you do. Definitely go give her a follow. Her IG lives, her posts, and her stories will provide you with so much clarity on how you can get started. And if you love this episode or you think that someone you know might, please give it a share, take a screenshot, tag myself at Jillian Botel and share it in your stories so that I can give you a shout out. It means so much to me and it helps me get this podcast into the ears of people who might benefit from listening to it. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Now let's get to it. Welcome, Olivia. I have to say I am so excited to chat with you. You know, even more than normal, we're in this unique time where we're spending so much time in our homes and Mm -hmm. we aren't busy running around. So those things that we once used to maybe avoid dealing with our environment Mm -hmm. and our things aren't there no more. So I think this would be so beneficial for everyone listening, including myself. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I'd love to know what brought you to having such a passion for helping women declutter their lives and to get to know you a little bit better. So how did you end up here? Yeah, so that's a, that's a lifelong story, really. Um, <laughs> we were talking a little bit before, and it actually started um, two major shifts that happened in my life. I'm the eldest child, and so I think I took on a lot of those, like, oldest child um, personality traits. Like, I was the nurturer. I felt like I had to carry a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then there were two big shifts that happened in my life that really propelled me to really turn to decluttering and organization as a coping mechanism for the stress and anxiety that I was feeling. So the first one was actually when I was six years old and my family moved to Germany from the States. And this was always in the plan, but no one, like my father's German, but no one had ever spoken German to us growing up. And so I, we moved to Germany and I was put into the German school system. And that was just very stressful for me as this overachieving small child who saw their um, validation really as doing well in school and being able to like take care of my younger siblings. And like, it was just really hard to show up in all of those areas. Um, and then the second shift happened about six years later when my parents separated. And so at this point I was 12 years old and you're already like coming into adolescence. There's like that anxiety of like, who am I as a person? Like, how do people perceive me? Like those worries. And then on top of that, there was just this obvious anxiety of my family situation shifting drastically. And so once again, in both of those situations, I really imposed this control that I felt like I was lacking in the situation that I was in onto my physical belongings. Um, So that's really where that like passion for like having my space and being in control of like how it felt and how it looked came from. Um, And then over the years, it just kind of snowballed into something bigger where I realized um, getting rid of physical things actually helped me heal from the grief and pain that I had from those situations. Um, Moving out on my own was a huge gift where I like realized I 
really imposed a lot of control on my things where it was like, uh, okay, I'm separated from this situation. And I understood that based on like how I could control where I like my things in my new home, like once I'd moved out. Um, and that was a real shift for me where I realized, you know, it's not really about the organization. It's really about removing the things that aren't serving you. Mm-hmm. Because at that point in time, it, again, like I said, it was really about me feeling like I had control over the, my, my belongings. And so I had a ton of stuff. I had, I, when I moved, like when I finished high school, I moved to Canada and I, I had so much stuff. I don't know how I got it all over here. Um, and it was actually stressing me out. And that's when I made the connection of, it's really not about how well you can organize things and how much stuff you have, but it's the energy of the physical things and the way that that's blocking you from ease, from clarity, from actually releasing that stuff to step into a different version of your life that serves you better. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, health is so multifaceted. Like, it's just not this mm-hmm. one-dimensional thing. Um, do you want to speak to the relationship between what is going on in our internal body and what mm-hmm. our physical surroundings, like how our physical surroundings totally. you know, are connected to that? Yeah. So I always say that our physical space mirrors how we feel internally. So when we are feeling stressed out, when the external world, for example, something at our job or something in the outside world is stressing us out, that often can start to reflect itself in our space. We can't show up for ourselves in that environment as well, where we don't feel like cooking, so we're ordering in, or we don't have the energy to clean up after ourselves the same way that we usually would. So there's that idea of it. And then the reverse is also true, where if you don't have systems in place where you feel like, okay, it's easy for me to be organized, then your physical space starts to drop and that in turn can start to affect you externally in the world where you're running late in the morning because you can't find your keys and then you like are looking for your coffee bag and then you're stuck in traffic and you're frustrated and like everything really starts to affect the next thing and that can really affect how you're showing up in the world and we just have such elevated levels of stress that we live with and perceive as normal today in our society And having that space can really help you ground yourself and connect back to that feeling of stability can be really powerful in decreasing those levels of stress that are just ever existing in our world around us. That's such a good point. I was thinking about that this morning when I was reflecting on this conversation because I was thinking, you know, I feel like we have this baseline of stress that it used to. Mm-hmm. So it's almost as if like we don't realize that we're at this elevated level of stress. What could mm-hmm. be some signs that maybe you could reduce the stress in your life? For me, the biggest thing, and this is really what I focus on with my clients, is that they feel like they don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is something that we all struggle with across the board, but there's definitely different levels of where we would put ourselves on that scale. And I think that really it's one of the biggest indicators when you feel like you wish you had more hours in the day because you're always running behind you're never finishing your to-do list you potentially feel like you're like trying to like run through honey because you just can't like keep up with everything that's going on um and I really think that that's an indication of again like where my work and my passion really comes into decluttering where we can really use decluttering as a tool to decrease that stress by looking at the way that we're structuring our schedule. And so that kind of moves away from just the physical stuff and the physical side of things and into how we're structuring our lives. And I think that that's like the key connecting factor to 
stress and mental well-being. Oh my gosh. If like, if I could have an extra 12 hours in the day, <laughs> that makes so much sense to me. I'm always like, there's just not enough time. Like I was able to get this done, yeah. but the country hasn't been able to get done. So right. I feel like the next biggest hurdle is where do we start? I know that's like probably such a loaded question, but it's like yeah. in the overwhelm and mm-hmm. in the, I don't feel like I have enough time state that we're living in. Yeah. Where do we even start? So for me, this comes back to like the basis of my framework and how I work through this with my clients. And it's really about intentionality. Mm -hmm. I think when we feel like we don't have enough time in our day, it can be that we're kind of falling back on this autopilot response to how we're moving through life because there are things that we need to do and there are people who are expecting things from us. And we do feel a certain responsibility towards things that we should be doing or that we could be doing. And so when I bring it back to intentions, I really feel like this is the baseline starting point of taking back your time and decluttering the rest of your life as well to say, how do I actually want to be spending my time? And like, what are my top priorities? And what does that look like in terms of how I spend time with people? What does that look like in terms of how I work or run my business? For example, for us, like that's a huge thing for me. How can I streamline this in a way that gives me more time at the end of the day? Um, so really it's about solidifying yourself in your intentions and kind of reverse engineering how you're setting up your life. It all comes back to these intentions that you set for yourself. Right. So how do we get clear on our intentions? So, um, I break this down into three steps. Um, I call it the ABCs because I love the little names, but (laughs) basically the first step is attracting, getting clear on what you actually want to be attracting. And this is kind of coming back to the autopilot um, approach where sometimes we don't even ask ourselves that we're just doing things because it's part of the routine or it's expected of us. So taking some time and getting really clear on like, what do I want my life to look like? And I think also most importantly, feel like, how do I want to feel in my life? Do I want it to feel easy and fun and exciting because a lot of times it feels stressful and heavy and overwhelming so to connect to that feeling and then what actions and people and activities are going to support me in feeling this positive way that I've set up for myself so that's the first one and I do that as like a general review of how I want to feel in my life in areas of your physical space like how do I want to feel in this space because like like I mentioned before it's all Interconnected. So if you don't feel good in your space or you're feeling mentally overwhelmed, then that's going to reflect and vice versa. So I like to kind of break it down on those into those um, categories to get really clear. Um, and really, this is kind of like a visualization manifestation approach to clarity, I, I find. And I find that that's really powerful and like getting us excited about the potential that we have to live this out. And then the second step is I always go into what's blocking you from that. Like if you, we, if we get through this first step and we're like, okay, I have the clarity and I truly believe that the clarity is always inside of you. Like, you know exactly what it is that you want. We just need to declutter enough to get to it. Um, so what's been blocking you from getting there? And a lot of times that is like, I don't feel like I have enough time or like I procrastinate when I work or, you know, my desk space or another area of my house is just so overwhelming to me that I can't even focus in that area. So just getting really clear what has been preventing you from getting to that, um, vision that you would like to be attracting. Finally, um, I love to have my clients actually create their vision. 
And I call this their happiness vision because it's basically taking what they want to be attracting for these different categories and writing it out in first person and present tense. So again, it's like connecting to that feeling of I'm already living this and the potential is there. Mm, it's so interesting thinking about what's blocking you, you know, because it's like you can mm-hmm. see. And, and what's so funny to me is that I've decluttered and know how much joy and how much space um getting rid of my stuff can bring me Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. why do we repeat the cycle like if it feels so good why do I find myself back where I was like a month or two or you know six depending on what it is that I decluttered why do we repeat it so I feel like there's a few a few good points to make there I think the first one is we love comfort. And even if the comfort that we are currently in is potentially more painful than this potential future that we can create for ourselves, making that shift feels more painful than staying where we are. Mm. So I think that that's the first thing. Um, And that's why a lot of us procrastinate and we like start projects, but don't finish them. Like there is a certain level of comfort to security. Um, the second thing I think is, and this is again, like why I think getting clear on your intentions is so important is because I, when I used to, when I started decluttering, um, and I started helping people with it, I went into people's homes Mm -hmm. and helped them like go like KonMari version, like help them pick out things, like went through the process with them. And what I found is that people really used me as a crutch as opposed to actually creating their own or yeah, creating their own transformations through the process. So I would be there and I'd ask them the questions and then we would do the work. And like, I was doing pretty much 50% of the work of the actual, like removing of the items when I really believe that it needs to be you interacting with your items, because that's the energetic and emotional connection. We have a relationship with our stuff. And so it's kind of like, almost like me going into someone else's relationship and like breaking up their relationship for them because they don't want to do it. And so I think that that's a really key factor. And so when I moved away from that, I realized we need to be cluttering based on how we want our lives to be. And again, coming back to the intentions to get clear on what you want your life to look like and how that feels and what that means to you. So that when you declare, it's not just about, does this item spark joy or like, does this, do I love it? But it's how does this fit in with the life that I'm trying to create for myself and the version of myself that I want to step into? Oh, I like that because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, reflecting on that future version that you're just trying mm-hmm. to step into. It's like, would that future version of myself need this, use this, right have it around? That makes it really sustainable when you connect it to that, like, this is what I'm trying to create in my life. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of daily practices? would you recommend to make sure that we can like hold on to that intention and, you know, cause it's like we can set that intention, but if we're not, you know, focusing on it or reflecting mm-hmm. back to it, it'll just probably yeah. go to the wayside. So I'm a major advocate for morning routines. I find that those are a great way to set you up for your day and for you to center and ground yourself in how do I want to feel today? How do I want to show up and shift into that mindset before you step into your day? I think a lot of us, wake up and roll out of bed and we're like, okay, I'm here. I'm ready to work. But we haven't actually taken that time to like figure out where we're at and how we're feeling today and how that might shift the way that we need to show up in our day. Um, and so I really love to work with my clients through this morning routine. Um, I know it's like not directly linked to decluttering, but 
I find that decluttering and morning routines are both habits. And it's about really implementing these habits into your day-to-day life where you're like showing up for yourself. You're not even questioning it. You're not negotiating with yourself. It's just what you do and slowly building on those habits so that, again, they're sustainable. Yeah. Um, so morning routines are a big one. And when it comes to decluttering, again, like I said, consistency is my approach as well to instead of making it feel like I need to spend an entire weekend decluttering this area or my entire house to just decide how much time you're willing to commit every single day and show up for it like a morning routine every single day. And that can be 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Like it doesn't need to be a lot of time, but the idea is that you are showing up to commit to yourself and constantly checking back in with those intentions. Because like I said, as you declutter, you're doing that based on your intentions. You know, in regards to health, I always speak on, really getting rid of the perfectionism mindset Mm -hmm. and that black and white and that all or nothing mindset in order to, you know, help because something isn't nothing. And I think that in a lot of ways, and I can even just speak for myself when I get into like, okay, I want to declutter my space. I immediately think of every room in my house, of storage closets, of all my clothes, of my Mm -hmm. everything outside. And I think like, oh my gosh, I need to hit pause on everything every other aspect of my life so I can do this, catch up, and then I'll have it going forward. Right. So how do we, you know, get over that overwhelm? Where do we start when it comes to our physical stuff? So I love that you said that because I am in the exact same mindset. I think that when we look at something as the entirety that it is, it just adds stress and overwhelm to us. And really that's the whole idea of decluttering. We want to take away the overwhelm. Mm. We don't want to make the process of decluttering make it add to our overwhelm. So um, what I do is I say, find your biggest clutter pain point. And oftentimes it's really not the entire house. Like obviously we want to get through our entire house and feel like, okay, I know everything is and it feels good, but it's usually one or two main clutter pain points that are truly blocking you in other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. And as you start with that main of like top focus and then go to the second priority, things start to flow. Cause like you said, you feel like you need to like do the whole thing and catch up and then life can continue. Right. And we don't want to have that mindset because then we're again, always going to feel like we're running behind mm-hmm. or like we want time to stop. And like, this is a great example right now. Like time kind of has stopped not really but like there's that idea of it and still we don't go to the side the aspect of decluttering our space like we have other things to do right so (laughs) um so yeah to focus and start with that big clutter pain point pain point and I think like I don't know if you can relate to this as well but like when you create like goals with people like for healthy eating or creating a like routine for movement or whatever it is that you start with one thing and slowly like other things start to fall into place. And it's kind of the same, same idea here where we start with the biggest clutter pain point working through that. And I like to start with that because it generally brings up the most shit. (laughs) Basically, like if you're struggling with the clutter in that area, for example, what I love the most is someone who had like bills piling up on her desk Mm -hmm. and she was struggling to get clients in her business, struggling to like attract um, and scale her income. And what it really was is she just didn't want to deal with the money that she already had. She didn't Mm -hmm. want to deal with the money in her life. And so what that ended up being is a block to attracting more money because 
that clutter, even though it was physical and she was like, oh, like I'm doing this work over here, but this energetic clutter was Mm -hmm. causing her to be blocked in that area. So just as an example, but even just decluttering that small space or that small area of your life can start to create flow that makes the rest more manageable. That makes so much sense. And I really love what you said that decluttering, looking at decluttering, not as something that's adding more stress to your life. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like that was like an aha moment for me because up until this point, I always love what decluttering brings, but the thought of yeah. it itself can be like, mm-hmm. Oh, like I need to put that on my list too. You're right. Right. Really find that it's like anything that you do again, like just coming back to like have, having your own business, like we don't want to be doing all these tasks in our business feeling like, ugh, this is annoying. Like, I don't want to be doing this. So it's the same idea of like breaking it down, making it feel really manageable so that it can be something that's like, okay, I can do this. Like, even if it's not my favorite thing, I know that it's going to benefit me in the end. I know what I'm working towards. And also it feels really manageable to just do the small part right now. Definitely. What are some of the major common pain points that are like the most pressing for people? Mm-hmm. In terms of physical space, you mean? Yes. Yeah. So um, desk and office area are big major ones because especially I work mainly with entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs. And so that's generally like home office, um, lots of clutter buildup. You're focusing on your business plus like on helping your clients or showing up for other people in your life as as women as well. And so that kind of falls to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that that's the major one. And then it's oftentimes like closet spaces or kitchens, like any other place where you spend a lot of time or that it's kind of part of your routine, like getting dressed in the morning or making meals, prepping food again, like linking that to your um, health and well being. If you're not, if you don't have a space that really supports you in focusing on that, then that's also going to fall. Um, to the wayside. So all of these things start to affect how you feel balanced in your life. So I would say that those are the main, main ones. Yeah, that seems to make so much sense. Okay, so I want to shift a little bit and ask, what if somebody feels like they have their physical surroundings taken care of? Like I went through and, you know, everything in my house serves a purpose. Everything in my house brings me joy. Whatever the system is that you use, it's organized, it's clean, but yet there's still maybe mental, mental clutter or emotional clutter. So how do we address like those things that aren't physical? Yeah. So when it comes to mental clutter, that to me is largely linked to how we understand time and how we're showing up in our schedules. So part of what I do is actually break down like how you're scheduling your time, streamlining the activities that you're doing, making sure that you're really focusing on you that you have a top main focus. I always say like you can only have one priority at a time. Mm. So having that one priority and knowing what the action steps are that support you in reaching that goal that's linked to that priority. Um, so that's, that's kind of the mental clutter, the system that I use as well. Like we want to get all of that mental clutter out of our head. A lot of it's like, Oh, I need to call this person and send this email. Like it's all little things that are adding like to the pile, which in the end feels heavy, but they're all really small and seemingly insignificant as well. So having a system of like brain dumping and knowing like, okay, I don't need to finish everything on this list and not having massive to-do lists that make you feel overwhelmed. So I think that that's really the focus for the mental clutter. When it comes to emotional clutter, um, my experience has showed me that that's greatly tied with the physical. So when you're 
feeling emotionally attached or struggling with letting go of certain emotions, like this is where I first really understood the connection and decluttering, like letting go of physical belongings that reminded me of my family situation that no longer existed was actually a way for me to accept and acknowledge and take a step forward from understanding that this has changed now. So I think that that's really the power of decluttering in itself where you're, you think that you're going through your physical space, which you are, but it's actually triggering something a lot deeper and a lot of emotional things come up while you're decluttering. And so it's almost becoming a tangible way to address emotional blocks. So interesting because I've never really thought about mentally what was going on and emotionally what was going on as clutter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, it really is just, you know, the emotional equivalent to the physical. Yeah. 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 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we go about routines and systems that allow us okay. to maintain? So, you know, yeah. we've gone through our desk or we've mm-hmm. gone through our closet. Yeah. What kind of systems do you recommend putting in place so that you can keep up with it? So that six yeah. months down the road and 12 months down the road, you know, it's not just reversing mm-hmm. slowly. Right. So I like to keep things very simple. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan of many binders with a lot of folders and then folders within folders. Like I just think, sorry, if it's too much work, I'm not going to do it. And if it's too much work for you and it takes too much time for you to get to that subfolder of the subfolder, like you're also not going to do it. So I like to really streamline super simple systems. And that really depends on the area of the house, what your lifestyle is like, again, coming back to your intentions, like, do you work from home? Do you have kids? Do you need to like have a system for mail? Do you, or is it that like not an issue for you? Like where are your issues lying? Um, so I, like I said, the simpler you can make it, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to have like an inflow and outflow of things. So like I said, with mail to have like, okay, these are things I need to deal with. This is what's done. And like two categories done. And the same thing, like with my desk space, like what I have in my desk, it's like just what I need what's in the drawers are things that I use. So like, again, coming back to not just decluttering for the sake of having everything organized, but for your peace of mind to know, okay, I'm not using or keeping anything that I'm not putting to use. And I think that that is a huge shift too. Like when you have less, it's easier to organize it. For sure. What Mm -hmm. about when you're dealing with things that you think like, oh, maybe I might need this down Mm -hmm. the road. I think I might need this. So I should hold on to it. Yeah. So I love this question um, because it really goes into the whole like emotional and psychological aspect of how we understand ourselves and our relation to stuff. Um, But when we feel like we need to hold on to things just in case, it usually indicates a distrust in the future. We don't trust that things are going to work out for us and that when we need something, it will show up. Mm. Now mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about all of the stuff I've kept. <laughs> just in case. Can we move into the home? Totally. Okay. So sometimes I feel like I probably use the excuse of it not being mine or yeah. avoidance to dealing with it. So I, even something as simple as like children's toys. I'm just like, mm-hmm. well, you know, they still need it. How do you recommend approaching situations where the toys essentially, you know, belong to our household, but mm-hmm. things like that, or even as spouses or someone in your relationship stuff? 
Yeah. So I am a firm believer that you shouldn't declutter things that aren't yours. I think that, like I said, when I went into people's homes, I was kind of helping them, supporting them doing the work. And I think that that is still a really important and powerful thing to do to have that in-person accountability. But if you're not actually going through it yourself, the emotional shifts don't happen and you're not having that understanding for yourself of, okay, this is why I'm going to get rid of this thing. And it's okay for me to be able to let go of this physical item. And I think that when it comes to situations like with spouses, it's really more of a lead by example type of approach that I recommend where if you are really passionate and ready to make these shifts in your life and clear the clutter that's been blocking you, that is going to become really clear to them. And they're going to see the shifts that are happening and feel motivated. That's generally what I see happen. They feel motivated to want to make the same shifts or at least support you in doing that. Um, When it comes to um, like relationships with your children, I think again, it's important for them to get used to working through it on their own. Mm -hmm. And like you said, even though the toys belong to your household, for them to understand, okay, do I still play with this thing? And do I need it in my life? And that is then starting to teach them as well okay, I don't need to hold on to everything. These are things, like, I'm okay with this feeling of releasing and I trust that, like, I have my favorite things over here and it just starts to help them understand how they want to exist in their space as well. Right, that makes so much sense. I've heard, like, the belief that, like, you need to let things go to make room for Mm -hmm. new things. Do you subscribe to that belief? I do, I do. That is the law of vacuum and I really, I do really love that and I think that it, it is true. And when I talk about this in terms of your schedule as well, for example, when we create space in our, in our schedule to not feel like we're constantly running behind ourselves or rushing against the time, we're creating space for life to happen. And even in that simple example, like it doesn't necessarily need to be you getting something new physically coming into your life, but just to have space for the sake of creating space, I think is very powerful. And it makes so much sense just energetically if, you know, if the energy that you're putting out is overwhelm and stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. that like, that's just what's going to be mirrored more back to you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I had some people who follow my Instagram account send in some questions and I was wondering if you wanted to answer them. Yes, let's do it. So how do you deal with sentimental objects and how do you know when it's time to let them go? Okay. So I would like to start with a little disclaimer. I think that there's a belief that you can't have sentimental items and I don't think that needs to be true. I think it depends on what the emotional attachment to the sentimental item is and the way that you're storing slash using this item. So let's start with the emotional aspect of things. We, like I said before, we have a relationship with our, with everything in our life and that includes our physical belongings. And I think when it comes to sentimental things, especially it's important to ask yourself, does the emotion that is being evoked right now, is it a positive emotion or is it a negative emotion? Mm -hmm. And that gets a little bit complicated, but what I ask my clients to do is to think back to the memory that they associate with this longing and to identify not if that memory specifically is a positive or negative one, potentially that's like a triggering factor of it, but to, to feel up until this point, was that 
um, relationship with that person or that situation or did something happen between that point of receiving this item and today like does that trigger something so a great example is relationships like past relationships where you received a gift from a past relationship and now you still have it and you're like well it like was a really positive relationship or like I it was a really nice time like moment in our relationship when I received this gift but then when you think about the time that's passed between you receiving the gift and this present moment you know the breakup happened and maybe there's some other things that happened and so does that trigger the negative emotions then and how does that make you feel right now so I think getting clear on what emotions are being evoked and how that's taking you back to a different point in your past mm. is a really important factor because we don't want to, again, that's energy that's keeping you in the past and preventing you from moving forward. So interesting to think about, like really get intentional about where your energy is going. Like, is it going, <laughs> is it keeping you stuck in the past? Is it giving you yeah. anxiety over the future, over what you have to deal with and over that yes. overwhelm? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and how you can just, you know, bring back your energy to now, to yeah. the present moment. Totally. Yeah. It's all, it's really all energy when you think about it that way. Yeah. And when you recognize it, I think that it becomes easier to let go of certain things because you're understanding, like, it's not just about me having this thing taking up space in my storage closet, but it's really about knowing that it's there and feeling that pull to the past every single time I think or interact with that item. Mm, that's so interesting. Um, okay. So what about a small space where you feel like almost everything that you have is essential, mm -hmm. but you feel mm -hmm. clutter? Okay. So for something like that, again, I would come back to you getting clear on your intentions and how you want to exist in the space. <clears throat> because I understand that feeling of like everything here is essential. But I also believe that, again, if we're existing in this space, we can create that space in a way that feels really good to us. And that might be more difficult if it's a smaller space, but if we're coming back to these intentions and part of your intentions is to stay in this space and to make it feel more minimal potentially or less cluttered or <clears throat> you want to just move around in the space more ease, what does that, what needs to change? And there's always something that we can change or shift or move. Um, again, I like to like not put a lot of like organizational systems in place, I always think the first step is to actually remove items. And I would just challenge you if that is your situation and you feel like everything is essential to write out your intentions and create your vision and then challenge yourself as to whether or not all of the items really are essential. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think we can almost convince ourselves like that it is. But if we're yeah. having that feeling come up over and over again that there's probably some things we can do to to help ourselves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. gifts and clothes gifts and clothes were the like the biggest thing that came up for people how mm -hmm. to get rid of clothes and then gifts like is it appropriate yeah. to get rid of gifts can you you know yeah so coming back to the energy again when it comes to gifts if someone gives you a gift we are placing the value of that relationship or that experience onto that physical belonging. So like your mom gets you something and you're like, Oh, like she just got it. Cause she cares about me and she loves me. And like, she wants to show her appreciation for our relationship through this item. So now you're placing all of that weight from your relationship onto this physical item, which really doesn't mean anything. The relationship doesn't exist within this item, but we've now placed it onto this item. Yeah. And so that's the first thing to recognize 
And the second thing is when you feel guilty, and usually that's the emotion that comes up when you want to get rid of a gift that someone else gave you, but you're, you're stopping yourself because there's guilt coming up. The question is, okay, again, with the energy, we're holding on not just to the item, but we're also holding on to guilt. And now guilt is kind of like a thing in our life that is stored on the shelf. Right. And the question is, do you really believe that this person who loved you enough to want to put their relationship with you onto this particular item, for example, do you really think that they want you to be putting guilt on your shelf? And I've had people ask me this question before too, and it comes with, it comes to clothes as well, where people say, you know, I got a lot of clothes from so-and-so and like, I feel bad getting rid of them because I know they paid money for them and all of that stuff. And those are just a lot of, again, negative emotions that you're holding onto through those belongings. Um, and so what I said, what I say to these people is, you know, what you ultimately need to do is create an, as an environment where the energy is exactly the way you want it to be first and foremost. And second, if you do feel like there's guilt coming up, to talk to these people and to be really open and honest about it and say, hey, like, I really appreciated you giving me these clothes or spending the money on me, and I love and value our relationship, but this is just not something that's adding to my life right now, or like, this makes me feel anxious or stressed, or I don't use any of them, and I feel like it would be more beneficial to give it to someone who is in need, for example. Yeah. I think it's so interesting to really start to like bring awareness to the emotional aspects that like our physical items can bring to us. Like it's so interesting that simply just mm-hmm. keeping a gift that you were given can add to now your emotional clutter that you're carrying around yeah. the day with you. Totally. Okay. So then in regards to your physical items being tied to mm-hmm. like negative emotions, like shame yeah. and guilt, I was yeah. just thinking about clothes. So oftentimes in yeah. the work I do with women, we talk about body checking and keeping clothes that don't fit you or your goal clothes. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting to me because now not only am I thinking that like they don't serve you in that sense, I'm thinking just keeping those physical items caused you to feel shame because you're not fitting into them. And so it's just so interesting. It makes it even so much more important in regards to clothing to really just keep what is serving you and what is providing you with like beneficial emotions. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love that you brought that up. I had a client who was in that same situation. She was keeping tons of clothes because she had a lot of different aspects of her life. Again, like coming back to lifestyle, like fitness related and like business related and casual, like so many different facets of her personality. And she was struggling with her weight and she was keeping a lot of the clothes that she had from before that she wanted to again, fit into. And we were talking about it and I said, you know, like, how do those clothes make you feel when you think about them? And she's like, exactly what you said. You know, like I feel stressed and guilty that it's not happening fast enough. And I was like, okay. And then I said, if you like, when you get to this goal weight or when you go through this transformation and like, let's say you fit back into these old clothes, I was like, do you want to be wearing these old clothes or would you rather go out and buy new clothes that represent this new person that you've become because you're constantly moving forward in your life and you're growing and you're changing and the person that you were wearing these clothes two years ago or six months ago or whatever the time frame was is going to be different than the person who underwent an entire transformation and is now standing at the other side. 
I think that's so amazing. And I think, you know, holding on to things like that, especially in regards to women in our relation to our weight, it can mm-hmm. actually just really block you from getting to this place of peace and acceptance, which is yeah. what I think, you know, a lot of the driving reasons for going on a diet or restricting yeah. in the first place is. So I think it's yeah. a great place to start is reflecting on like what emotion these clothes hold. Yeah. And I love that too. Like you need to get to the point where you're feeling good with where you are in order to make any progress moving forward. And if you're constantly wishing, like, I wish things were the way they were, as opposed to getting to that point of acknowledgement and saying, okay, I might not be at the place that I want to be right now, but I can find um, happiness or um, acknowledgement even in what is right now. That's really what helps us get to that next level and that next phase. Yeah, I think that's so amazing. Mm -hmm. So to finish off, I'd love to ask you one question, one last question. Mm -hmm. So you yourself personally, what do you feel is a fundamental component to living a well-balanced life? Oh, it's such a good question. (laughs) I would have to say, again, coming back to my intentions, like whenever something comes up in my life and I feel unsure or I'm pondering whether or not to do it, I always come back to how do I want my life to be and is this supporting me in the places that I want to be going and the person who I want to be showing up as today. But in my relationships, I just became so much more intentional with how I was spending my time and who I was giving my time to. Again, like time is a currency. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would have to say that, yeah, just having that clarity makes me feel like even if I'm not always moving at the speed that I feel like I should be, again, all of these like comparisons and societal expectations and all of that to come back and connect to my intentions and feel grounded within that. And that's really how I feel has set me up for this feeling of balance in my life. I think that is Mm -hmm. really powerful. Thank you so much. Do you want to tell my followers where they can find you and how they can reach you if you feel like they need support from you? Yes, of course. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Decluttered Intentions. Um, I do have a Facebook group. full of entrepreneurs and that's called ambitious women creating intentional lives and website is also declutteredintentions.com and I am currently offering free complimentary clarity calls um, for the rest of this month of May so in case you want to hop on the phone and talk about anything that we talked about here today or anything that resonated with you um, these are just short 20 minute calls or you can get my eyes on your situation. I think it would be so invaluable for anyone to reach out and find that support with you. I think what you're doing to help women is something that has just such a snowball effect um, and really can trickle down into like every area of your life. Totally. Totally. And I'm always like hanging out in my DMs. So I love when people reach out. So don't hesitate to to be friends with me. (laughs) Awesome. You guys definitely go and give Olivia a follow on Instagram. Yes. Like she said, she's Um, Your Instagram stories, I always love seeing you in my feed and you have such, you have really applicable steps that people can take to start to take control and live with intention. And it's so Mm -hmm. great. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was so great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Well Balanced Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you took a screenshot, tagged me, and then shared it on your Instagram stories. 
Also, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcast, I would truly appreciate if you left me a rating and review. Just let me know what your thoughts are and if there's anything you want to hear more of on the Well Balanced Podcast.